Welcome to the Ignite Your Inner Badass Podcast, Episode 4. It's about confidence. It's about courage. It's about what lights you up. It's about igniting your inner badass. Do you ever find it hard to say no when saying yes is like the last thing you want to do? Do you feel guilty if you let someone down or put your own needs ahead of theirs? Are you sick of feeling like nobody gives as much as you do? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then it's probably time to stop being such a doormat and start being more of a badass. And in this episode of the Ignite Your Inner Badass podcast, I'm going to show you how to flip that switch in just 10 minutes a day. Welcome back to the Ignite Your Inner Badass podcast, where each week I share inspiring stories, simple strategies, and actionable tips for taking small steps towards massive change in just 10 minutes a day. I'm your host, Marta Kagan. I am thrilled that you are here with me today to talk about how to stop being a doormat and start living like a badass. What we're really talking about today can be summed up in one word, boundaries. And the truth about boundaries is that the vast majority of people, and in particular women, struggle to set and keep healthy boundaries. It's one of those, well, that seems simple, but actually isn't things in life. Kind of like putting together some Ikea furniture. (laughs) It sounds simple but it comes with a really confusing instruction manual. Now, most of us learn and develop boundaries pretty early in life. As children, we observe how people react to different behaviors, and we generally adopt our behavior to minimize stress and conflict and to maximize love and approval. Makes sense, right? Well, the problem is that this sort of adaptation can result in suppressing your true wants and needs, people-pleasing, and living with an ingrained and usually unconscious fear that if we ask for what we want or we disagree with someone we love, they'll stop loving us. And again, this is especially true for women who are taught at an early age to put others ahead of themselves, although there are plenty of men that have the same issue. The most surprising thing I've discovered in working with hundreds of women and a few men (laughs) on setting and keeping healthy boundaries is that they're often not even aware that their boundaries are so squishy or non-existent. They don't even see it. What exactly is the difference between a healthy boundary and an unhealthy one? If you feel responsible for your own happiness, that's healthy. If your happiness depends on other people's approval or love, unhealthy. If you are able to honestly express what you want or need, healthy. If you have trouble asking for what you want or need directly and you kind of have to beat around the bush, unhealthy. If you respect other people's needs and preferences, even if they differ from yours, great, healthy. If, on the other hand, you blame or criticize others when their needs or preferences differ from yours, unhealthy. If you feel like you're in control of your life and your time, thumbs up, healthy. If you often feel 
like you're put upon or taken advantage of? Probably unhealthy. If you're able to communicate openly, honestly, and when necessary, assertively, healthy. If you rely on manipulation, game playing, or hint dropping to get what you want or need. Unhealthy. If you can say no without feeling guilty or being a dick, (laughs) that's healthy boundaries. However, if you have trouble saying no, even if saying yes is undesirable or inconvenient, unhealthy. And one more example, if you're willing and able to delegate responsibilities or ask for help when you need it, healthy. Whereas if you feel like you're the only person who can do certain things or help certain people properly, unhealthy. Now I've put those comparisons into a little table for you in the show notes. So if you want to grab a copy of that, go through those questions again yourself, go to igniteyourinnerbadass.com slash zero zero four dash two. That will take you to the show notes for this episode. Now, do you recognize yourself in any of those? And, And did you hear yourself more in the healthy column or in the unhealthy column? Now, if you're in the unhealthy column for a few of them, or for all of them, <laughs> you're in the right place because we're going to nip that baby in the bud. Robert Frost once said that good fences make good neighbors. And I love this metaphor because it fits. It fits this conversation. Your boundaries are your metaphorical fences. And you are the gatekeeper who decides who you let in, whom you keep out, and how far you let someone get inside the gate. The purpose of setting a healthy boundary is, of course, to protect and take good care of yourself and to avoid the inevitable feeling of being a well-worn doormat, which comes with always saying yes, even when that's the last thing you want to do. So how do you set and keep healthy boundaries that protect you from emotional bankruptcy without leaving you friendless and alone, right? How do you strike that balance? Well, let me start by sharing with you the three limiting beliefs that underpin unhealthy or weak boundaries. others needs ahead of yours, being a people pleaser, and generally having squishy boundaries is a sure sign of an unconscious or or maybe conscious belief that you're not good enough. In other words, it's a reflection of your self-worth and it's a major trigger of the fear, guilt, and self-doubt that leads you to say yes when no refuses to leave your lips, right? When you should say no, but you can't. Here's the thing. You teach people how to treat you. You Teach people how to treat you. So when your boss asks you to put in a few hours of work during that much deserved and way overdue vacation and you say yes, you're teaching her that you're available anytime, no matter what. You're implicitly saying your time, your needs and your priorities are more important than mine. So I'll put my needs aside and sacrifice my time and my priorities to make you happy. That's an unhealthy boundary, folks. <laughs> you teach people how to treat you. Now, when I say challenge your belief that you're not good enough, I mean that first and foremost, you've got to admit that that belief exists. You have to see it. A lot of people just have a blind spot around this. They don't even realize that's what they're doing. And they think, I'm just being nice. 
I'm just a really considerate person. And they're not recognizing that this belief exists, that there's this underpinning of, I can't choose my needs over someone else's because that's selfish. Raise your hand if you feel that way, if that's perhaps the linchpin, the real thing that's allowing you to have these squishy, weak boundaries where you ultimately become, or at least you feel like a doormat. So you don't have to admit this publicly, but you got to admit it to yourself. Admit that that belief exists and remember that you teach people how to treat you. Admit that you're afraid that the other person won't like you or they won't respect you or they won't value you if you don't give them what they want when they want it. Admit that you feel guilty speaking up for yourself or saying no to someone you care about. It's okay to admit that. You have to admit that to establish and keep healthy boundaries. That is the first step. And while you're at it, go ahead and admit that putting other people's needs and wants ahead of yours is leaving you drained and often feeling taken advantage of. That's what happens. That's the result of being a doormat. That's a result of having unhealthy boundaries and being a people pleaser. Now, I'm not enough isn't the only belief you'll have to challenge. That's The first of the three you'll have to challenge if you want to set healthy boundaries and reclaim your life. You'll also have to challenge the belief that the worst will happen if you stand firm. So for example, if you tell your boss that you're not willing to work over vacation, she'll fire you. Or she'll think you're not committed enough to get that promotion she's been promising. Or she won't like you anymore. (laughs) You've got to challenge that belief. So what I want you to do is play out that worst case scenario in your mind. Whatever you think that worst case scenario is, play it out in your mind. Will your mom really stop loving you if you don't have dinner with her every Wednesday? Will your boyfriend dump you if you admit that you're really not that into sports? Will your friends really disown you if you don't make homemade cookies for the school bake sale? Chances are whatever it is that you imagine as the worst case scenario will never come to pass. Now that doesn't mean there won't be consequences and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but rarely will they be as awful as your imagination leads you to believe. And by the way, even if the answer is yes to one of your worst case scenarios, right? Like my boyfriend actually will dump me if I'm not that into sports. Well, maybe you're better off dating a guy who'd rather be hiking on Sundays instead of parked in front of the TV drinking beer. You know, maybe that's a good thing. Sometimes it is a good good thing when the worst case scenario, so to speak, comes to pass. Maybe your mom will take up a hobby to fill a few Wednesday nights and you'll have something new to talk about when you do get together. In other words, maybe the worst case scenario is a blessing in disguise. The third belief you'll need to challenge is the I'm the only one belief that so many of us fall prey to, as in, I'm the only one that Stacy can turn to when she's feeling depressed. Or I'm the only one who knows how to create this report the way the boss wants it. Sure, your ego feels important when you're the only one. But the truth is, Stacy will likely find someone else's shoulder to cry on if you're unavailable. She probably already has. Your coworkers might not create the report to your boss's exact liking, but maybe she'll appreciate you more when she recognizes how much better your version always is. Or maybe they'll learn how to do it right after they get their ass handed to them for doing it wrong. This again comes back to you teach people how to treat you. Do you want them to treat you like a doormat? Or do you want them to treat you like a person they value and respect? The answer, I hope, is obvious. If you want to be respected and valued, you have to start by respecting and valuing yourself. So to recap, those three limiting beliefs 
Number one, you're not good enough. You're not enough. Number two, the worst case scenario is gonna happen. Everything's gonna fall apart. Number three, I'm the only one. already covered step one of my four-step formula for creating and maintaining healthy boundaries, and that step was challenge your limiting beliefs. So let's get right to step two. Step two, get crystal clear about what you will or won't do. Maybe you've been complaining to anyone who listen that you work too many hours. You're exhausted, you're burnt out, and you haven't seen the inside of a gym in three years. Now, complaining about that won't change diddly. (laughs) Instead, what you must do is define a clear and specific boundary that reflects the way you'd like your reality to be. You need to teach people how to treat you, in other words. So, for example, instead of saying, I work way too many hours, you might try something like, I'd like to leave the office no later than 7 p.m. every night. Now, if you've tried and failed in the past to stick to this kind of goal, you got to make it even more unambiguous. For example, I will never stay in the office past 7 p.m. or work on weekends or vacation, no matter how pressing a deadline, because it will make me worse off and super cranky when I get back. (laughs) Right? So you're going to get even more specific and clear about what the boundary is. Okay, that's step two. Get crystal clear about what you will and what you won't do and articulate it with as much specificity as possible. Step three, get clear about the consequences. Now, there's no point in setting boundaries without setting consequences that you are willing to enforce. I can't tell you how many times I've had a client or a member of my Ignite Your Inner Badass Club who tells me that they've tried everything to get their partner to be kinder and more communicative, including threatening to leave, and yet nothing's changed. Well, guess what? When you make an idle threat, like leaving a relationship that you are not actually willing or prepared to leave and then don't follow through, the only thing you've accomplished is teaching your partner that you're all talk and no action and giving them a perfect excuse to continue the same old shitty behavior. So rule number one of setting a consequence to go with your boundary is you must be willing and ready to enforce it. No bullshit. No false promises. If you're not at a point in your relationship where you are ready to leave, then don't say that you will leave. Try a more enforceable consequence, like staying at your mother's house until your partner's ready to be more open with you. Or my personal favorite, no sex. <laughs> no sexual intimacy until there's more personal intimacy. And I'm not saying this as in, you know, manipulate people, be manipulative. I'm saying get clear about your boundaries and how you're going to enforce them. You don't have to put up with demands or behavior that makes you feel like crap. You have a choice. So take some time to rationally and honestly consider the consequences that you're both willing to enforce and that are most likely to lead to the change that you desire. And never ever forget to or fail to follow through. Step four, communicate honestly and without blame. If you've been acting like a doormat, you might find this step to be the most challenging, but I want you to put on your big girl panties and do it anyway. Beating around the bush, sugarcoating the truth, manipulating, being passive aggressive, or couching your feelings in bullshit phrases like, I'm just saying, 
hate that one. It's a waste of time and energy. You might get what you want this time, but you'll only reinforce your own belief that you're not enough and the vicious cycle will continue. You need to free yourself from all the game playing and learn to express your wants and needs honestly, if necessary, assertively and without blame. For example, if you're sick and tired of your teenage son acting pissed off and being rude or disrespectful to you, but blowing off every effort that you make to ask him what's bothering him, you might be tempted to force the issue. I speak from experience. (laughs) You might try demanding, using ultimatums, bribing, snooping, begging, or accusing him of being a nasty little shit who's breaking your heart by shutting you out. Not that I've ever said anything remotely like that. Try this approach instead. Sit him down, shoulder to shoulder, and say, honey, when I ask you what's wrong and you say nothing, and then proceed to slam doors or kick the wall and seem to be angry, I feel frustrated that you refuse to communicate with me. If something's bothering you, I would prefer that you take some time to cool off and then communicate with me. See how that was blame-free and direct? No game playing, no beating around the bush, no wishy-washy, passive-aggressive crap. Just a clear expression of how you feel and what you want without making the other person feel like shit. Now, if he still continues the same behavior, you can add in specific and appropriate consequences. For example, the next time that he asks to borrow your car or he needs $20 or whatever, you might say something like, I'd love to give you the car keys, but I'm afraid I can't this time. See, I'm worried about what's bothering you, which you haven't shared with me, and you continue to slam doors and express your anger. So I can tell you're angry, but you have provided no explanation. And as your parent, I'm responsible for what you do in the world. I can't in good conscience let you get behind the wheel of a car when you're clearly pissed off about something. It might not be easy to set boundaries and enforce consequences when all you want to do is scream or cry or blame the other person for making you feel lousy, but I promise you, nothing gets hurt or accomplished when it comes out of anger or hidden behind a veil of bullshit. It just doesn't work. It just creates more bad feeling and more distance between you and the other person. So that's it. That is the four-step process. Again, step one is you've got to let go of those limiting beliefs we talked about. Step two, get very clear about what you will and won't do. Define those boundaries in very specific ways. Get clear about the consequences and make sure that you're willing and ready to enforce whatever those consequences are. And then step four is to communicate your boundaries honestly assertively if necessary, and without blame. That's it. This is your 10 minute a day process. You can break these practices into, you know, different things you focus on each day. Today, I'm just going to focus on limiting beliefs, for example, and I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day working through those. Tomorrow, I'm going to focus on setting new boundaries, getting really crystal clear about what I won't do. And you can just pick one boundary to start with. This is really meant to be small steps towards massive change. So I hope you will approach it that way. And I hope that you found this valuable. If you did, I hope you will join me again next week when we talk about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. (laughs) One of my favorite topics. And I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes. I know I ask each week, but please keep them coming. 
the reviews are how other people find my podcast and it's also awesome for me to read your comments hear what you'd like me to talk about in future episodes so please please take a moment to leave a review on itunes if you haven't already and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode until next week here's to living a badass life i will see you soon 